and yeah right. we're live father hello martidistas um, welcome to another episode of let's be real we are coming hot on the backs of uh, an excellent excellent el clasico victory really really hot harok and yeah things are looking good for us we've been scoring a bunch of goals our team has looked good defensively take it away farooq what are your general thoughts after the clasico i mean jacob when you say things are looking good for us you know you come back to a three game span against uh, what's it called uh barca atleti i think right if i'm not mistaken and remind me who was the third one there was a three game span where we it was atletico barca and it was atletico barca and barca actually because we played barca atletico and then barca in the cup as well there's a three game span where i think we had like two shots on target in total and zero goals scored uh, we scored one against atletico which was the goal from uh, alvaro the header you yeah, know yeah. when he came on in game and you come back to that and we have back to back games where we are scoring like you know i mean the point is in the last two games we could have scored 12 15 goals even yesterday against barcelona we could have scored six goals easily easy six goals honestly and so that's the thing like you know when you say things are looking good i feel like that's an understatement you're underselling it things are looking fucking good at that there so there can be an emphasis you know so yeah. people can know that yeah like you know let's let people spread the word like we are back okay. we are back let them spread the word now we remember how to score goals so we are back yeah and uh, then is already in the comments he says so uh... Real Madrid versus Villarreal. Villarreal always give us tough games, but I think we will win two nil. Like, yeah, man. Even Dennis is feeling super positive. He even thinks that we'll keep a clean sheet. So, yeah, man. I mean, I I, I share his sentiments honestly, but I don't share the sentiments of the clean sheets just yet. But I I share his sentiment of scoring goals. I believe we will score goals honestly. I believe that because honestly, like Villarreal also, I've always been an exciting team to play. So I believe we will score goals actually. So yeah. I I'm with Dennis here as well. I think we're going we're going to score Dennis. I mean at least for for your sake we're going to score a couple of goals, you know. Evolve we 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 have been as consistent as Dennis has been, man. You know Dennis is always here always 247 365 6, a year. So yeah, man, shout out to Dennis. Yeah, even if, even before we are live, Dennis is always already there. So huge props to Dennis. Yeah, man. Exactly. Props to him and props to him. Anyways, but uh I wanted to ask you like you were in the post match neither was I but I wanted to ask you like how did you feel about the first half uh, how did they play in the El Clasico Actually I don't know where you watched the game from but there was something that this guy said that res- that resonated with me a lot Ali Merino on ESPN at half time he said that this is Champions League Real Madrid mm-hmm. You understand because the point is that honest to god like in the first half we had no business taking the lead going in at parity would have been okay a bit of a good not a fair fair because barca were i i might be not let's barca were uh, the better side in the first half going in there for a bit of parity would have been a good thing for us but we had no business going in ahead but for some reason let me okay flip the question to you jacob what is the biggest difference you notice between this and the last three clasicos we played we lost three clasicos on the spin right Yeah. What can you tell me one thing you noticed? I don't know maybe we will share the same opinion. I just want to say yours before I say mine. Okay, that's that's an uh, a hard question to answer. Uh but just to your point about uh like yeah, that uh, commentator saying, "Hey, this is the UCL Real Madrid." So I was like there in the comments also saying that uh this was exactly how we played Liverpool in the Champions League final. 
we had a really support uh, staff we sat at the back we tried to defend for our lives we had a like x number of maybe 20 or 15 number of blocks on our goal our defenders and goalkeeper were like top notch and then, but still in that first half we probably had one of the best chances of the game in the form of the ball landing to Benzema and then he just couldn't connect properly uh, and that happened this game as well like people shouldn't uh, you know take credit away from us because we did in the end have the best chance of the half uh, as for how it was different from the other classicos i feel it is just a nitty gritty defense man like usually uh, uh, like you even saw kamavinga making a couple of last ditch tackles alaba getting a couple of crucial blocks in i just didn't see that in the other classico it was just a nitty gritty defense which you've been missing so far in the season I, i feel like let me tell you something jacob okay how many times did vinicius beat araujo uh, in the three classicos how many oh, maybe twice no. across three games maybe once or twice across three separate games it didn't matter for too for whatever reason for whatever reason yesterday vinicius found arahos number i mean yesterday it was different right in the, compared to the other classicos even if vinicius actually beats araho he'll be completely surrounded by three other barca defenders and that just didn't happen this game uh, even when he beat araho that was it he was basically in the box Man, uh, he wasn't beating Arau in the other games, man. He wasn't really? beating Arau in the other games. Nope. I can tell you, maybe he beat Arau maybe two or three times across the all three games. He didn't beat Arau, man. Nope. Nah. Nada. In the in the first half yesterday, he. I feel like it was a comparable performance for Vinicius in the first half against Arau. Uh, he didn't have too much success, even when he had a few couple of moments where he got free. Arau just shoved him down, and then it was a foul. Because one thing I do remember a lot is that whenever uh, Vini went one v one with Araujo, he almost came out second best in the all in the three previous classicals. But for some reason yesterday something changed, yeah. honestly. Because you know even they can see the highlight of the game, you know where he did the step over and Araujo went you know left and he went right. So it was like you know literally that's something for the you know for the highlights. That was something that has never happened you know with Vini and Araujo before you know. I have seen Vini, you know, humiliate a lot of defenders, but you know, Araujo was that one person who he hasn't done that against. And yesterday, for some reason, he came to life. Honestly, mm-hmm. yesterday for some reason he came to life. And I think the second thing that actually happened is in the second half is that we played so high up the pitch. We played really, really high up the pitch as well. So honestly, you know, uh, kudos to the team and you know, kudos to uh, to Carlo and the guys for you know for 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 getting this done as well and. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Honestly, like this is what uh, Carlo does. This is how he rolls. This is how he operates. But I want it to be known, and I will reiterate my stance, which I've been saying for the past one year and a half. Even if Carlo wins, he should go. This is my opinion. Because even yesterday, you know, not to bash anything or take anything away from anything. Even yesterday, you could see that they were, you know, uh, how can I say it? Uh, in my opinion, we still play hero ball. we still need that you know individual brilliance to shine through you know I mean, we still don't play as that cohesive uh, 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 a unit in my opinion you understand and i have said this before i think carlo will still end the season with something you understand so i just hope that you know this doesn't come and change the stance of the board because the thing is that one thing we know is that carlo is the guy who would not rock the boat you know he will try to do the best he can with the people he can 
And that means keep playing with Mendy, who is unavailable for six months out of ten, and Danny Carvajal with Lucas Vasquez as his, as his deputy. You know, this is what it means again next year. We need a coach who is going to come and say, no, we cannot do this. We need to try something different. Even if it's putting the kids, we have to do something else. If it means playing Alvaro, we have to find a sub for Benz. Honestly, these are the things that we need to, you know, put into consideration. I know that everyone is high and, you know, everyone is happy right now. But I still want them to realize the reason why we're going to spend Barcelona, you know. This is the thing. We should, let's not forget this, honestly. Because as I've said this, in one-on-one games, I will always fancy my team against Barcelona, 100%. I mean, this is not the 2000, this is not 2009 or 2011 where they were like far more better than us. But right now, no. I think now we are much more better than them. We've been better than them for the past three, four, five years, honestly. We've just not been able to take advantage until yesterday, actually. You understand? But there is a reason why even in this period, we have you know a limited number of leagues and what is and what is not. Honestly, so that's why I just feel like irrespective, you know, but I've said this is my own personal opinion, you know, that what the board does or what they don't do is something else. Let Carlo go, let him go and win the World Cup with Brazil and he will complete football and retire a happy man. Leave it to Farouk to, you know, uh, bring us back to reality and then... <laughs> but uh, I still, like, uh, don't completely agree with that, Farouk. Like, uh, you mentioned the hero ball, right, yesterday in the classical, but then... I feel like Barcelona were really bad, especially in the second half. They completely lost their marbles, which was why they completely dominated them. But then, at that point, it wasn't just one player in the form of Vinny or Benzema playing hero ball. You know, the whole team was playing really, really excellent football. So you can't say like, "Hey, it's completely hero ball," because we did have really good moments in the form of Modric bombing up the pitch, uh, Rodrigo like offering a good, really good outlet that all every single attack. So that the defenders weren't completely focused on Vinny and Benz. So yeah, we did see a bunch of good positive stuff. It just uh, let's just hope that this continues and then Carlo. Yeah, that's 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 the thing, Jacob. Like as you said rightly, like after the 68 minutes, you know this is the Real Madrid we want to see. But what's what was the point after the 68 minute? The 68 minute we already two 0 up, and I don't know for some reason, which I think it's something which might be related to why Barcelona keeps collapsing in Europe. Barcelona forgot how to play football. You understand? Really, like, as you said, like, Barca were bad. After the 16th minute, they forgot how to play football. And we just started to ball. As as tonight, I said on the pod yesterday, this is, you know, I think it's maybe the first time I've also seen this, that actually Barca actually totally forgot how to play football. No, I think, no, this is not the first time. You know, the, I don't know if you can remember the, the time where Cristiano got the red card uh, in, yeah, the, yeah. in the Super, Super Cup at Cuba. the beginning of the season. Yeah. That game, we could have scored seven, honest to God. But it still ended as 3-1. That game, I felt we were so over-dominant, superior, whatever the adjectives are. We were that over Barcelona, honestly. And this game is, is, is too, honestly. But what I'm saying to you is that, honestly, in my opinion, at least for me personally, why I'm saying hero ball is this. The goal from Thibaut Courtois that he saves from Lewandowski that led to uh, Karim Benzema's goal. This is hero ball. This is what I'm saying. <clears throat> you understand? So it's, 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 you know, it's just in the blink of the moment, it's a counter-attack and, you know, it goes and, and this is this. But what I'm saying to you here, Jacob, is this. Except if you're telling me the fact that, okay, we agree that we are a team that's going to sit down, wait, you you hit, you, you, you how can I say it? Uh, you attack us, you pin us down, and we just ping one long ball to Benz. He knocks it down to Vinicius and he gives it back to Benz and he scores. Except if you tell me that, okay, this is what Real Madrid is, then I can accept that, okay, then. Then there is no need to argue anymore. This is just the end of it. I see if this is who we are, and this if this is what we are, 
then this is a whole you know different argument. And some people might want to bring me with the Mourinho team, and I will tell them, see, Mourinho's people were running a defense with seven people. I don't know if you could recall that, but like there's this very special goal from Ajax, you know. They run at the defense with six people. Ozil, Di Maria, Benzema, Ronaldo, you know. They run at the defense with six people. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, 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 it's there, honestly. So even Zizou in a second tenure for all the, you know, the douchebags that will say Zidane is not, doesn't have any tactics or anything. Go and see what he did in his second tenure. That was a tactical masterclass, in my opinion. Honestly, and I'm not saying Carlo doesn't have tactics. Every coach has their tactics, you understand? But the point is, I just feel like at this certain point in time, Carlo Ancelotti cannot build the next great Real Madrid. He will continue to play with the Modric's, the Cruz's, the Benzema's, you know, the Danny Carver House, the, 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 the David Alaba's, you know. These are all people who are 30 plus. We need to move to the next phase. And Carlo, as I said, he's not going to rock the boat. He's not going to tell them that he needs this and that. We need, why did Zidane leave in the first place? Because he told them, they said, no, we can't do this. They didn't support him and he left. He left. I think, I think, I mean, I was yeah. saying to you before the pod, sorry for interrupting, Jacob. Let me just get all my vaccine out, you know. I was saying to you just before the pod, like, whoever played Kamavinga as a fullback, God bless their soul. Honestly. Yeah. Because the point is, I told you, like, maybe I can count on one hand how many times I can say to you, Mendy was good defensively and offensively. I've always reiterated this. I think, in my personal opinion, Mendy is the best defensive fullback in the world, in my opinion. But what about the offense? Well, Yesterday, Kamavinga gave, gave the, you know, I don't know, he laid out the blueprint that, okay, this is how to play the role of a fullback with Vinicius. Yeah, he man, and he, Vinicius, he, he, he found Vinicius, Vinicius. Per, he perfectly found Vinicius every single time. And, the thing is, he had he had zero. He had a hundred percent pass completion rate. So, and he was attempting not just save passes. He was like finding Vinicius every single time. The point is not the pass completion, my friend. The point is the tackles completion. He tackles, has, I think, yeah. the highest tackles completion. Also, I think he had seven out of seven or seven out of eight. I'm not sure. He had the highest tackles completed in the team as well. You yeah. understand? So, because I mean, pass passing accuracy can be a bit, you know, misleading because if you play it safe always, you know, you can get away with a very high number of passing accuracy or what is or what is not. But the point is that, you know, you could see it. You know, you could see that connection with him and Vinicius. He wasn't overshadowing Vinicius. Neither was he neglecting his defensive duties as well. The man shocked Rafinha. Although yeah. I don't agree with the guys that Rafinha is overrated or whatever, I think Rafinha has been so good. And I mean, the way he has Tomonteros in the past three, at least two of the three classicals, I mean, it will be somehow for me to come and say, no, he's not good then. That means our defense is not good then. If someone who is bad as Rafinha, and he, no, Rafinha has been good, honestly, for Barcelona. But yesterday, he met someone who is greater than his match in in Kamavinga, you know? And I remember uh, also on the pod yesterday when I was listening this morning, Dololo said he needs a 10 minutes apology from me about Kamavinga, <laughs> the greatest Frenchman to ever play the game. Okay, Lolo, if you're there listening to me, this is me officially apologizing for doubting the greatest Frenchman to ever play the game. Okay, wow. after yesterday, there is no, there is nothing to discuss. Because for me, honestly, my player yesterday was Kamavinga. At least for me. I did not know, I didn't see the start of the passing or the tackles or anything. But just watching him in the game, you know, and he had this uh, attitude of, this never say die attitude, you know, that reminds you of Pepe, that reminds you of Sergio Ramos, you know, that reminds you of Marcelo, you know. I don't, if you could recall, I think he was injured in the first five minutes or the first seven minutes. I can't recall yeah. what number it is exactly. 
And it was like he was gone. Really, because the way he was limping, like he was gone. But the man oh. fought through and was my man of the match. You know, these are the kind of players we want. Mendy is not available for 60% of the season. 60 per what then what's 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 the point? What's yeah, the point? Sorry. Yeah, sorry. I hear you, but the thing is say, ex exactly right. Uh, you said your man of the match is Kamavinga. People had a bunch of other men. Obviously, Benzema is right up there. Vinny may be up there. Rodrigo as well. Mortich as well. So, we have yep, yep. all of these like huge talents, right? And the reason Hero Ball works, like, works so often for us is these guys are capable of performing magic at any single moment. Like, we don't really need a tactical identity. And just to, you know, bring us back to reality on, uh, uh, and towards the game in, in La Liga, Kike Setien uh, had a similar thing to say about us. He said, you never know what is better or worse against Madrid. You don't know if it's better to dominate or be dominated. Having chances and scoring or scoring at the end, it is a team different from all the others. With Madrid, it is always undecipherable. Because you don't know who's going to perform that miracle. You don't know what, uh, how, which version of Madrid is going to turn up, especially this season. And I feel like that has helped us, like, you know, especially in Champions League of the past. Teams just don't know how to play against us and which version of us they'll get. So Hero Ball has, you know, worked out very well for us. And I totally hear you. Like, yeah, in difficult moments, like, we never have seemed to have an answer of consistently uh, getting us goals, especially in the league. So, yeah, it comes with its pros as well as cons, Farouk. And... Definitely, that's the thing. Like you know, it comes. As I've said, like you know, it's it's not just that. As I said to you, like you know, the point becomes this: like, what do you want to classify yourself as? You know, this is just the question. You know, that's the thing. Like, if you wanna, if you wanna see yourself as a uh, as a team that will defend deep, like we defended against Paris last year, you know, we're just gonna throw the ball and move. You know, that's something as well. Because I will always remind people as well: before the game against Paris last year, we had the same performance against Shakhtar Donetsk. We had the same performance against Sevilla, where we defend deep in our half. And just try to hit one player on the counter, and we you know we go on. You understand? So this is the thing. Like as you said, obviously it has the pros and the cons. Without Hero Ball, obviously you are not winning against Chelsea. You are not winning against Man City. You are not winning. You know, in these games, without this kind of Hero Balls, you. I mean, Real Madrid is a team that's built on Hero Ball. That's why Cristiano yeah. is, is a player that suited, you know, uh, the team to the T. But what I'm saying to you is that if you don't have any other plan other than Hero Ball, then how how do you how how, how do you figure that? Which is why, like, the stats speak for themselves. Chairman, uh, Carlo is not a league coach. He has hugely underperformed. Even with, like, with, like excellent teams, he has refused to, like, concentrate and yeah, make the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is always going to be the case. I mean, for, for me, what I'm just searching for here, Jacob, is consistency, honestly. Yeah. I mean, if I am a defensive coach like Diego Simeone, I win 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, 1-0. I know this is what I do. You understand? If I'm going to be a more progressive coach, you know, and I know that, okay, I'm going to go all out, push, uh, press, I hope, I hope the pitch and what is and what is not. You understand? If we win 4-3, lose 5-4, you know, this is what we are. You understand? But when we get caught in between both this and that, we only are able to push up high. If we, I mean, the only team we play well against is Liverpool. <laughs> I don't know That's why, but the only team we seem to be able to perform 100%. I think maybe it's because of the high line of Liverpool, but it's Liverpool. Whatever they are, if they are good, they are bad in the middle, whatever, just bring Liverpool. I know, okay, this is done. <laughs> this is the team that I don't know for some reason we were able to play against with, you know, with a lot of, with, with great consistency. But, you know, uh, honestly, I just felt like, you know, yesterday was long overdue. And as I've said, we are much more better than the Barcelona team. So it's high time, actually, that we, we actually, you know, got over this mental block and 
actually got something through. But I just wanted to reiterate the fact that, you know, let's not get lost in this. Like, there's a reason why we're 12 points behind Barcelona as well. You know, we need to, we, we I mean, I at least I personally don't think we became the best team in the world overnight because we defeated Barcelona 4 0. Because, I mean, there are a lot of teams that will consider defeating Barcelona is nothing. But the fact that we lost three straight games to them, so, you know, means uh, we have to uh, enjoy that as well. And, you know, yeah, it gives us a chance to win a trophy against Osasuna as well. So, it's 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 it, it was a good game going on, but it was a really interesting game. I really loved it and I enjoyed it a lot, honest to God. But I just you know want to reiterate that uh, something still needs to be talked. You know, we still need to have the difficult talks, honestly. Yeah, and let's see how it goes. Thank you, man. Well, there you have it. Uh, let's uh, get back into the doom and gloom of La Liga. And Farouk, we're not twelve points behind; we're just eleven points behind. Oh, it's 11? Oh, sorry, my bad. Sorry for adding <laughs> on your misery with one more point. <laughs> All right. Uh, but one team who is still like really, really fighting for La Liga is uh, Villarreal. So right now, they are only four points from the fourth Champions League spot. And they are coming off of a hot victory against uh, Sociedad where they beat them 2-0, which uh, brought them like closer to, and closer to the Champions League. So they are going to be out and about, man. They are going to be looking for our heads. They're going to be feeling pretty confident having beat us 2-1 in the last game. Farouk, uh, do you remember the happenings of the last game and how it was a kind of controversial game with multiple penalties? And then I think they... it was a game where Tony Cross had a hand, like a penalty shout or something like this. It, not, was, it, was it was Alaba. It was Alaba. It was Alaba, right? Ah, yeah. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. I can't recall the exact uh, details of it. Well, so, I remember, like, the, yeah. the, 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 what basically happened was uh, so Vinny had a long ball, Germany put a long ball towards Livini, and then yeah. uh, it hit probably one fight, I guess, which was like hardly a handball, it was like minuscule touch. And then VAR suddenly caught it, none of the players caught it, none of the people watching in real time caught it. it VAR suddenly said that it was a penalty, Benzema scored, and then suddenly we had the same happen at the opposite end of the pitch with Alaba. Uh, so he was just trying to defend. Even against Barca, you saw that uh, uh, with Gavi, he had like a yeah, clear yeah, handball. Yeah. It was similar yeah, uh, yeah. to that. So that was called. And uh, in the Barca game, which wasn't called, which was lucky for us. Did you think it was game over at that point, Farouk, uh, with, when you saw that handball? No, man. I told, Because the thing is, you see, what I, uh, how can I say that? The interpretation of the handball is so subjective that you never can tell. But what I just felt was that the ball was too close and his hand was too close to the ground for him to be able to actually move the hand. That was what I thought. And uh, the ref actually, you know, uh, also uh, agreed with my thoughts. But I was a bit skeptical, but I wasn't too... Like, I mean, I personally thought it wasn't a penalty. But then I also knew, knew that, you know, like, these guys, they have, you know, everyone has a different interpretation for that. So I'm not really too sure what they meant or what they don't mean by what the penalty is anymore. So, yeah, honestly, uh, I wasn't too sure, like, you know, like, but I personally thought it was my penalty. Yeah, man, for sure it was not. It wasn't in the Villarreal game as well, but then that referee thought that it was. Uh, so, this yeah. is what I'm talking about. It's a, it's a very subjective course, actually. This is a problem with the penalties. You know, they are very subjective. Like, this ref sees it a different way. The other ref sees it a different way, actually. So, this is another issue as well. Yeah. And okay, Dennis is in the chat. He asks question to Farouk and Jacob. Would you guys rest players for the Chelsea game? You want to take it, Farouk? Definitely, one hundred percent. I mean, 
after the exertions of 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 of, uh, of Thursday or was it Wednesday or Wednesday night? Sorry, I think it's only fair that you know we try to rest some players. Uh, <clears throat> I think what 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 can happen is you know I don't know, but I was just uh, thinking about this actually earlier. Uh, mm -hmm. I was thinking of you know players like Lucas Vasquez, you know, coming in for the likes of Danny Carvajal, you know. <clears throat> Maybe even, I mean, rest the Kamavinga as well, because the point is we don't have fullbacks against Chelsea as well. So, you know, you can draw a rest to a player like Kamavinga. I know, like, players like Vini and Benz will most likely play even again. But maybe you want to give, you know, a Roka Modric a rest, you know, uh, play a Chouameni, uh, Chouameni, Sidani, Ceballos, Tony Cross midfield, something like this, you know. I don't know with Fede as well, because Fede is whatever it is, and give a chance to Marco Asensio as well, you know, just... A rotation, but not too much rotation as well. I don't know if that makes sense. You know, yeah. I mean, David Alba and Militao play as usual. The uh, Thibaut plays as usual. So I think a couple of rotations here and there wouldn't, I think, wouldn't hurt the team too much because the point is your 11 or 12 point behind doesn't really matter just uh, as long as, you know, we... Because we play Chelsea at home as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So I think it's 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 going to be right, you know, if we can keep... The players fresh and let's not let's not forget about you know the exhaustion and overplaying of Karim Benzema that has, that's led to you know his dip in form recently as well, especially any with his injuries as well. So I think you know managing Luka Modric's time will make a lot of sense. Managing you know Karim Benzema, let him play I don't know 15, 16 minutes, you know, sobbing you know whatever happens happens. So you know we know Danny Carver already the kind of player he is is always a hit and go, you know. So also you can you know take him out of the equation at least give him the chance. And the point is that we have no left back, so Kamavinga also should be rested. But yeah, I totally agree that you know uh, we need to have a lot of a bit of shuffle, you know, in the in the lineup this weekend. Okay, man. But uh, yeah, Dennis does remind us that we must not lose or draw this game because if Athletic win on Sunday, they would be like only two points behind us, and that becomes really very very complicated as well. And especially against the Villarreal side, who have already won against us. I'm pretty sure Carlo is gonna field a pretty strong lineup. We might change, uh, see a few, couple of changes in the midfield and uh, in the defense. With Rodriguez also fit, uh, maybe even Nacho comes on. But I just don't see a lot of wholesale changes, man. And I feel <clears> like <throat> if Benzema can walk, he's just gonna keep him on the pitch. No, no, if Benzema is gonna play. Ben, Benzema and Vini are gonna play. What I, what I think is that you know, most likely it's gonna be Rodrigo out, maybe for Asensio or like for a Fede and. He's yeah. gonna reshuffle the midfield, but what I I really do hope that he he takes out the two fullbacks, you know, in both Carvajal and and, and uh, I'm sorry to see also uh, we will categorize him as a as a fullback right now, Kamavinga as well. You know, I will I will love him to take them both out, so maybe he can play Lucas Vasquez and as and Nacho, you know, as a fullback because honestly, as I said, as I think you know as well, like the greatest weapons Chelsea possess right now only remains as their fullback, Chiwell and. And and with James, those are the only two weapons that you can actually be scared of in Chelsea. Because right now, and give Kai Havertz an empty net, he will most likely score on goal. <laughs> so this is wow. the that's the thing, you know, honestly. So uh, and especially with the return of Frank Lampard to Chelsea, I don't even know how they run their club at Chelsea, honestly. I mean, if there is any definition of privilege, Lampard returning to Chelsea is the very definition of privilege, honestly. I don't know how. He left Everton in the relegation zone and he is getting the Chelsea job. Honestly, it's, it's 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 so weird. But then anyways, that's their problem. Let's just dispatch them with the utmost ease and you know, forget about them, let them keep dealing with their issues. That's not our problem. 
So I really want us to have, you know, a, a rested team. But yeah. yeah, I mean, as you said, you know, if Benz works, Benz plays. But yeah, that's that's how it is. Unfortunately, there is no sub for Benz right now. So I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Well, how do you see the, the, the changes going or not going? Yeah, of course, I'm going to... Because Luca Modric, I believe he had the highest running numbers uh, in the El Clasico as well. He was running up the pitch. He was the first man to press. Uh, Cruz also, he didn't look like he was at his like utmost best. He had a few very uh, few shaking moments, uh, in the, especially in the first half in offense. Defensively, he yeah. was fine. But offensively, he was like far, far from his best. So I feel like those two, if they are rested, it would be a good, good showing for Chelsea. And, and the fullbacks, I'm not sure for... Uh, with Kamavinga, he's still young. He can still play. I, I feel like him having a good run of play against uh, a competitive fullback in the form of Chukwese or uh, maybe even Yermi Pino will be good, uh, you know, to, just for a practice mess again uh, before playing Chelsea. Uh, actually, uh, why I do agree with that, but my fear is just about the fact, you know, about uh, this crazy issue of injury of muscle fatigue. And as we know... Kamavinga has been coming to the fore right now. He's played quite a lot of games and even for yeah. France as well, you know, because he's uh, replaced uh, Tramani both at Real Madrid and at France, you know. So he's taken, he's clocked in a lot of minutes. So uh, I'd be worried of, you know, uh, muscle injury or muscle fatigue, as they call it. So I really don't want to take that chance, honestly. And we have John Pa in the comments. Uh, welcome, John Pa. If you're new to the channel, do consider subscribing or liking. He just says, Bonsoir. Hala Madrid and Kamavinga with a bunch of white hearts. What's that? <laughs> so, yeah, just a lot of gentle love for Kamavinga, especially from the France side of the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope we can get the job done in the first leg at the Bernabeu, man, because we don't want to leave any chance to go into England, man, honestly. Yeah, well, uh, Dennis also says that... Uh, I can't wait to Chelsea, play Chelsea proper because uh, Lampard is back and they will play a mount against us. <laughs> I don't know, man, honestly. Uh, I mean, for me, in Chelsea, like, you know, the fullbacks and the return of Kante is what scares me a lot because yeah. I've always said, like, I think Kante is a, he's a one-man driving force, man. So, you know, uh, the, the the more rested our midfield is, the better because that man is a monster. Honestly, he's he's not. That is a true. And, but yeah, and it is no simple version of Kante we are facing. It we are facing Ramadan Kante. Exactly, we are facing Ramadan Kante as well. <laughs> so this is like Kante updated version 3.0, not even 2.0. You know, it's like yeah. a 3.0 version of Kante. So honestly, you know, one has to <clears throat> one has to do that. But I mean, let's not let's not jump ahead. You know. Uh, yeah, you know we still have the Villarreal game to 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 uh to deal with honestly, but you know honestly, uh, I think uh, I don't know, but I myself like my mind will not be too much on the Villarreal game, but rather on the Chelsea game. But it's it's only fair that you know we give Villarreal the respect that they deserve, and as you said, like it's been quite uh, because I do remember even the last game we played them was in the Copa where we won three two. It was also under Motanda as well, you know. Yeah, I remember that game as well. So. Uh, it's been a very, very tough couple of fixtures against Villarreal, so we have to be really, really careful, you know, the way we play them. So, because the point is, there is nothing more deflating than you know having to suffer a defeat at your home before you play Chelsea. So, we want to avoid that by all costs. Yeah, that is true, man. Yeah, uh, we're gonna have a really strong lineup at least, and let's just hope, you know, Villarreal with all of their missing players, you know, uh, 
do finally succumb to our attack. Uh, so right now, they are sixth in the league, uh, just four points away from fourth. They won against uh, Osasuna, Sociedad, and they do have a cool winning streak going on with four straight wins. If they do win against us, it's going to be five. But they can't afford to slip up far up. So right now, how the table looks like is that Athletic Club are four points behind them, and Rio are right uh, at the right there as well, hot on their heels. Yeah, did you imagine like at this point of the season, this is how the ex- table would look like exactly? Honestly, not exactly so because you know I would always say like you know Sevilla is always a team that I've always you know expected to be quite high on the you know uh, on the table. I think other than the exception of Sevilla, I would say you know these are the regular suspects. You know Villarreal, Real Betis, Sociedad. You know these are the guys. Well, uh, honestly, like I think the exception is because the thing is that we know this whether you like it or not. You know the uh, Pellegrini's team, Mano Pellegrini's team, are always gonna you know. Be fighting for something similarly, you know, the yellow submarines are really good, and we know also Lariel, you know, and Sociedad are a very, very strong team as well. You know, they've always been so, so it's just normal. But the only, you know, anomaly here is you know, Sevilla fighting the relegation battle, honestly. Like, I mean, because they are not still not clear yet. Uh, yeah. so other than Sevilla, I think it's fine, but I think, uh, I would say maybe Valacano has been the surprise because, uh, I think even last year they were quite high, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Yeah. So, you know, the ability to maintain that uh, maybe uh, might be the surprise for me just for other than that. I think it's, 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 it's been all safe sailing. Man. Yeah, man. Like, I, I think every, every single Madridist still has PTSD from losing to that trial side. They were so dominant. Yeah, we exactly. never had a chance. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. I, I mean, that was the beginning of the end for us, man. I think those, 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 I think after Ryu game, then we had the Mallorca game, you know. Yeah. I think those were the, uh, and you know, when you're adding the games against Villarreal, as also, you know, the, those were the games that we actually lost everything, you know, honestly. Yeah, and uh, Dennis also said, just keeping up with the La Liga table. I hope Valencia gets relegated, man. <laughs> oh. Actually, Valencia and Peter Lima has been, you know, really, uh, honestly, like, it's it's been a really, really bad marriage, man, honestly. Peter Lima has literally almost drove them into the ground, man, honestly, you know. It's been just really, really bad appointments upon bad appointments, honestly. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and we do have like a few positive news, at least for this game, because they are missing crucial, crucial players. So, if you remember in the f- first uh, time we placed them in the league, uh, Coquelin and Etienne Capu, Gerard Moreno, they're all running circles around us, especially Gerard Moreno. Yep. He was the main uh, for point of attack. He was spraying through balls yeah. here and there. But all of them are injured, including Raul Albion. Oh, I see. Wow. I do remember, like, uh, Moreno was really, really good against us. Also, Albion was quite good as well. So, yeah. yeah uh, they're missing crucial players. And I guess, yeah, that's that's this is the time to pounce, man. This is the time. Because I, I keep saying, like, you know, we just need to keep, you know, uh, boosting the morale, honestly. And the more you defeat, you know, your closer rivals, you know, especially when you consider Lariel as, you know, we lost in the first leg, so it's like, you know, a revenge also. So, uh, although it's not going to be in the same magnitude as the Barca game, but, you know, a revenge is a revenge in respect. So, you know, we need to boost that morale. We need to, you know, get in the scoring, man. Honestly, we need to start scoring as much as we can. You know, honestly, we need to, to remember that because we've gone quite a while without scoring quite uh, often in the game. So, yeah, I, 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 I'm, 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 you know, I'm really, really looking forward to the game at the weekend because it seems to be a, a game that's, that most likely would be interesting and, you know, also uh, 
uh, would also be, I don't know, a bit have uh, an element of scariness in it as well. You mm. know, it's it's a game that promises so much, but also uh, promises so little as well. Yeah, man. And it, it's even though they are like missing crucial players, they do have some players who have risen from the dead. Like Chukwese, he wasn't performing as good. He was injured for a bit in the mid part of the season. But right now, he is scoring goals for fun. He is getting on the end of every single cross. I think he has like uh, three or four goals in the last four games. So that uh, like red hot form has coincided with them having a winning streak. And especially like that's the hard part for us, right? We want to rest someone like Kamavinga. We want to give rest to our fullbacks. But if you if you're facing tricky wingers like this, like you just can't do it, man. No, that's 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 very true, honestly. You know, became the, the case of Sam Chukwizi is a very curious one for me because you know he's he's a Nigerian, so I always you know want him to do good, except when he plays against us. You understand, honestly. So you know that's why the case of uh, Chukwizi. Uh, actually, Chukwizi once upon a time you know was very highly touted, like even higher than 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 uh, Victor Osimhen of Napoli. Actually, you know he was thought to be the next best thing because. I don't know if you follow the trajectory of uh, Osimhen, but Osimhen actually once upon a time was rotting on the bench at Wolfsburg actually before he got to move to uh, before I think he went somewhere and then he moved to Lille and then from Lille to Napoli actually. So mm-hmm. uh, before before the big break of Victor Osimhen actually the likes of Samu Chukwese were actually quite highly rated than him. So we're still waiting for that you know big blowing of Chukwese honestly, but he's also been very unfortunate with injuries actually Chukwese. Yeah. Yeah. But that's you know one thing with tricky wingers like you always find them, you know, almost always injured and something like that. So, yeah, I think if Chukwizi can, you know, step up and look after his body better, I think uh, he's, he seems to be a very, very promising player in there, actually. Yeah. Uh, how has he been on the international front? Uh, has he been able to link up well with Osimhen? Not really, actually. The thing is that, like, actually, uh, Nigeria has a plethora of attackers, actually, right now that it's, like, you know, fitting square pegs and round holes. We have attackers and we don't have midfielders and defenders, especially defenders we don't have and fullbacks. Mm. You know, we have lots and lots of it. I mean, because <clears throat> I don't know if you know, but we have, I don't know if you've seen a lot of Syria. We have Adimola Lukman at, at, uh, at Atlanta as well. Then we have, you know, uh, a more prominent player who plays quite a lot for Nigeria in Kelechi Hienacho. He was formerly at Man City at Leicester. Yeah, yeah. So because of that, like, just, you know, we try to fit... Uh, uh, square pegs and round. I think we have Moses Simon as well. I can't remember where he plays for, but we have this guy at uh, at uh, Sheffield. It's not Sheffield, sorry. Uh, one of the English clubs as well. Uh, I forgot his name just right now, actually. But yeah, we have just a couple of you know players there and here. So we have a couple of them in the uh, in the in league in league on as well. So we have a lot of attackers. That's just a summary of you know what I just want to give there. We have quite a number of attackers, so honestly, it's been quite difficult to fit them all into the into the team. But the more you know, issue is in the past we used to have a lot of midfielders, mm. you know, but we had no one to score goals. <laughs> but now we have a lot of people who score goals, but there's no one to provide them. You understand? So it's 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 quite interesting, honestly. So yeah, this is because right now, like our our midfielders are Alex Iwobi, you know. Alex will be at Everton, and that's and you know we have with Wilfred indeed at Leicester, but we don't have that you know creative player honestly to link between the midfield and, and the attack. But yeah, okay. so far so good. It's not been very bright for Chukwueze on the on the national front. Honestly, he has been getting his chances, but uh, it's not been very productive, which is similar for all of the other strikers, even including Victor Simen as well. Hmm. Okay. Let's hope things improve. Let's hope you find a hidden gem in La Liga for a Nigerian. <laughs> 
hopefully 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah man but uh, we were talking about uh, how araujo was in performing really well against vinny but one other full back that vinny has always had trouble playing against was juan fight and he is yes. alive, alive and kicking and he is at the top of his uh, game even now how do you think uh, vinny is going to fare against you him? you know fight was a center back at first who was converted to a full back and you know fight now also is a world cup winning full a world cup winning defender as well he won the world cup with argentina so oh. you know that's that added a spring to his step actually but uh, fight has always been a curious character because i remember him as first i always liked him actually under mauricio pochettino i always felt like he was a he was a good up and coming player but it never did work out for him in england and uh, now he plays a full back permanently like, you know the thing about <clears throat> those kind of fullbacks like Foytes similar to Arao they primarily center backs by trade mm. so this is one thing that both Foyt and Ronald Arao has in common they're primarily center backs by trade so they have that nastiness that you normally would not associate to a fullback you know because usually fullbacks are like flary players you know fullbacks are people like Carvajal like Marcelo you know they like like Kamavinga they defend nah <laughs> <laughs> This is why Kamavinga is different because he doesn't have that you know natural fullback sense you know really so <clears throat> I don't know how to put it but like those fullbacks like they almost don't have that you know that grit that uh how can I say that be like hard work hard hard worker attitude I don't know if that's the right word but that attitude of you know you beat me I'm here again you know you go past me I just reappear you go past me I so that's that's something that center backs have a lot honestly so that's that's you know that's the thing that uh, i can relate between arao and and fort and that's one of the reasons why you know wingers actually hate play, playing against uh, center backs who are fullbacks like even you can see with naturals all you know when 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 he plays as a fullback like he's always just there continuously just reappearing again and reappearing until you know you get tired and frustrated so yeah that's the thing it's it's going to be a very but i think one advantage we have as you said is raul audiol is out yeah. honestly so uh that might you know at least uh give reduce the fact that because the point is that they don't just defend Vini as an individual whether it's Arao or Juan Foyt they defend him as a unit you know yeah. which which it was I remember I think I if I'm not mistaken it was usually Foyt and Albiol it was Arao and Kundi you know they were defending as a unit not as a you know as a as an individual entity so you know any anybody who replaces Raul Albiol is going to be a drop off for sure 100% you know so at least maybe we can you know uh take a bit of advantage of that you know drop off in the in the eventual change you know maybe that 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 can be something that can be but i don't know man i think vini has found a bit of mojo i think after you know uh, i think at least this is what i want to believe that after going past uh, arao i think he will believe that he can go past anyone yeah that's true like one on one arao is probably one of the best uh, defensive right backs as well Yep. Actually, Arao is a center back. They just deploy him to to face this guy. That's uh, because normally, if I'm not mistaken, Kundia plays that position. Kunde. But when it comes to when it comes to playing Vinicius, they just uh, they, they they switch around. Yeah, man. And you were talking about uh, like the art of defending, right? They always had take pride in defense. These center backs, and unlike exactly. fullbacks who prefer having you know a goal contribution or two in the team or in the game. these center backs live for getting tackles they live for getting the ball cleanly yeah totally get that definitely 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 actually this is this this is how it goes actually for those guys but then yeah it's 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 quite you know uh interesting but the point is 
some people live for defending, some people live for attacking. So it's it's the matter of who does it better. And so far, so good. I'm going to put my money on, on Vinicius Jr. I believe that he's going to be uh, a better attacker than Ford. He's a better defender. So, you know, let's see how it goes eventually. Heck yeah. And especially like since uh, Foyt was also getting a lot of uh, support from their midfield in the form of uh, Coquelin and even Etienne Kapoor after he was subbed on in the Etienne last Kapoor game. Etienne Kapoor, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. So exactly. they are going to be miss. They're going to be huge misses, and it's going to be uh, for them. It's going uh, the midfield is going to be looking like Ramon Terrats, uh, Danny Parejo, and Alex Baena. Baena is a firecracker. We oh. should be walking, watching out for. Him. Yeah, Baena is a really good one. I do remember that. I remember like uh, I remember by by Alex Baena was really. I think at the beginning of the season he was really flying high a lot, scoring a lot of goals. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I don't know if he still he still maintained that form right now. But actually, you know. Uh, Away from even Alex Bayern, actually, you know, one thing I could remember is I don't know if you remember that, like Vini and the Valencia bench had an issue. Sorry, and the Villarreal bench had an issue in the first leg. Do you remember, like, even with Pepe Reina taunting him, he was about to fight Pepe Reina, this and that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it was flat tempers for sure that game because of all the penalties and whatnot. Yeah, I, I mean, because I do remember this especially because, like, Vini, for every, you know, throw-in or tackle or anything, he was just talking to some people on the bench and they were talking back to him. So, I do hope uh, they have both, uh, both, the te- both the teams, you know, have outgrown this because uh, one thing I do know is that Vini is a very short-fused person. Even we saw in the class as well, the game was going so well, there was no need to, to, to you know. I don't know what you think, but I felt like that was totally unnecessary, you know. Because it took a whole market to calm him down. Like, I mean, chill, man. What the hell? We're, I mean, we're winning. Then what do you want? Did you uh, catch yeah. that comment about uh, that interaction between Vinny and Ferran Torres? No. Uh, okay. I can't remember that. Okay, so it, the cameras caught it. Like, uh, they caught the, uh, didn't catch the voice, but they caught the mouth and then deciphered what he was saying. So, Vinny basically told, when Ferran t- told him why he was getting angry and told him to, like, leave, he was getting subbed. Vinny told Ferran, mate, you're just terrible. Don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> this guy has a mouth I mean, on that's the, Yeah. yeah I mean, that, that's fine. Honestly. I have no problem with that because I feel like, you know, uh, it's just Vinny we have in that aura of I'm better than you kind of thing, which is okay. fine. But, I mean, the point is, if you're being subbed off and, I mean, you're winning 4-0, what's, what's, what's the point? You know, like, even Cruz had to go talk to him. This has to go. Like, yeah. I mean, it was a whole... Fiasco, in my opinion, at least. I feel that this was something that was totally unneeded, but I don't know, man. I just feel like uh, really some people need to talk to Vinicius Jr. because I feel like so far so good, no one has been able to talk to him. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. I am I, overthinking that, but I think no one has been able to, you know, knock some sense into him right now. So I will, uh, yeah, I just uh, hope he just, you know, calms the tempers down because there is no need for some things, in my opinion. Yeah. Honestly. So, the only yeah. person I feel like who actually talks to Vinny is uh, Modric and uh, Cruz. Cruz, you see all the time, like, uh, uh, whispering in the ear of Vinny, like, don't do this, man. Like, go, go stay here, go to the even, even in the game, at the other day, you could see, like, Cruz had to draw him and was like, I think he was holding him or something like that. Yeah. Because even Benz <laughs> had to come and take him. And, you know, I don't know why the, all the first was for, you know. I don't know, honestly, but... I don't I really I, I just feel like you know he has to be he has to try to you know uh pan this down because the point is people will tolerate this while you're winning. Mm. But once you start losing, no one will tolerate this. No one. 
You understand? And the point is, you're not going to win forever and ever. This is the truth. You're not going to win forever and ever. There's a limit to everything. Even Neymar thought the world wasn't going to end. But now yeah. Neymar is an afterthought. You understand? So yeah, I think that's even the best example for him to look at. It's Neymar. Like, Neymar is now an afterthought. Neymar should be the ruler of football right now. Yeah. But where is Neymar? Nowhere to be found. You know, so that's the thing. When you're winning, people will tolerate all these things. But when you start losing, nah, no one would take this shit from me. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, uh, I'd just like to uh, focus on one more, like, little bit of tidbit of a uh, transfer rumor with Real Villarreal. So, apparently, after the Clasico, because they defended so horribly against us, uh, there is a Barca rumor saying that they're looking for right backs, which has been, like, their main thing for the season. And apparently, they're looking at Juan Foyt, and the touted price tag is 54 million euros. Do you agree wow. with that price tag? Uh, Wow. I mean, well, leave, it I mean to is... leave it to Barcelona to, you know, overpay for every single player. No, I mean, the point is not about that. It's it's the point about, like, right now, when you look at what the market is, don't forget that Kukurea left Brighton to Chelsea for 60 million euros. Yeah. Do you understand? So, they will, I uh, I personally will also have that feeling that I think Kukurea is not that much better, even if he is any better than one point. You understand? One fourth is a World Cup winning center back. That's a defender or whatever he center back pull back. Mm-hmm. You understand? So that's that. You know the market has been so inflated these days. I mean, don't forget we played. We're gonna pay about a hundred million for Chouameni as well. Yeah. You understand? So the market has been so overpriced and overinflated. You know, the, the likes of Darwin Nunez, Enzo Fernandez. You know, so the market has been overinflated in the first place. So uh, the price tags are just crazy right now, honestly. Honestly, I mean, at this point, this summer, just close your eyes. If the player is good, just forget the price tag and just cheer on your player. Because when you start to think of the price tag, I mean, you're not going to go anywhere, honestly. Yeah, especially uh, like this winter transfer window was like pretty crazy. Do you think it was just because of the World Cup or uh, Chelsea just getting a new uh, owner? Yeah, I think Chelsea getting a new owner who decided to play, uh, I don't know what the opposite of Moneyball is. But he decided (laughs) to do the opposite of Moneyball. And decided that he's gonna spend much more than he he. I I actually I think it was all Chelsea in my opinion. Chelsea were the ones were the primary reason why this all happened because you check they paid for Modric, they paid for uh, Enzo Fernandez. Because when you look away from those two players, which other player went for for such a high price? I don't think there is any. Modric and Enzo Fernandez. After that, who went yeah. for a high price? I can't yep. remember any of the top of my head, but maybe there is. But I can't remember really any of the top of my head. So. They're the ones who broke the market, honestly. Yeah, man. For sure. Yeah, I, I was totally expecting a lot of like uh, injuries to happen in the World Cup, but no like really important player was like totally missing from the World Cup. Yeah, that's 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 true, actually. You know, like there wasn't that too much uh, injuries from the World Cup. I mean, okay, obviously, yeah, Gabriel Jesus got injured for Arsenal mm-hmm. at the World Cup as well, but Arsenal have done really well without him as well. So, yeah. Uh, as you said, you know, it was a weird season, honestly, but it is what it is. Yeah. So, do you have anything else to talk about Villarreal or, you know, let's get back into the Real Madrid side of things? Yeah, let's get to the Real Madrid side of things, man. We've, we've seen a bit of uh, La Real. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, like you said, let's expect a really strong lineup against them. Um, and... Uh, they are going to bring the game to us, man. Like, they really need to get the four points, close the gap, and get into the Champions League position. 
but anyways uh, did you catch any of carlos quotes in the uh, in the press conference before they played us i mean the press conference i guess mm. it was a couple of hours back a few hours back uh i don't i can't remember off the top of my head hmm. but i did hear some things i don't know yeah apparently i can't remember uh, what you the main it was a lot of personal questions towards carlo he wound up being really annoyed at the end uh, so the first question hmm. was uh, hey carlo uh, you're approaching like almost 1300 games in your uh, managerial career uh, was this 4-0 victory against barca like one of the highlights and he just answered Well, you know it's probably up there but you know it's been so many matches that it doesn't really matter anymore i've had like much bigger matches on much bigger uh, uh, levels of football and those have been sweet all the same but yesterday was like really a good game of football from my team he said hmm i see now that's a good one he is right actually because he was a really good game of football for his team to be honest there is no doubt about I think it's not it's I don't think it ranks anywhere close to the to the highest games that Carlo has played. I don't think mm-hmm. it ranks anywhere close honestly. And one the other interesting thing uh, that happened out of the conference was uh, he got asked like what's going to happen with the future of Cruz, Modric and uh, Benzema, even Nacho. So he said I feel like everyone is going to stay because uh, they're all sorting out their contracts with the club and I feel like even though like their minutes might be limited a bit more because we have to bring in more young players and as you become older like you can't put in 10 out of 10 performances every game but he said everyone single one of them is going to stay does that seem like very very surprising news to you father I mean I don't know because the rumors I have been reading is that like uh, the club is no longer considering you know Jude Bellingham as a priority and stuff like that this has what has been throwing out what has been going around at least what I from the people I've been reading from you know is what they've been saying for the past month or so now so i think maybe the reason why they're saying this is that like tony cross and luka modric are both saying this might be one of the reasons why they will consider this honestly this is why i think this might be true yeah man but uh, do you want it to be true that is the question i mean i've always said is i have no problem with my midfield like i am satisfied with my midfield keep danny savaios and keep the guys i have no issues with that but my problem has always been you know the lack of full backs the lack of a second striker we don't actually have a right winger on the team so yeah yeah, yeah i mean to, the point be... is one more year of course and modric is not a problem i think yeah even nacho sabayos asensio all of them should stay i don't think like except... maybe not asensio honestly but i think sabayos has to stay asensio is probably like the only kind of natural right back we uh, right winger we have in the squad Yeah, but the question now becomes is like, uh, is that since you're willing to stay as a sub, if since you're willing to stay as a sub, fine, I'm fine with that as well. You understand? But the point is, let's not forget at the beginning of the season he was giving interviews when he's saying never say never to Barcelona as well. You know, so yeah, if, that, that was if, crazy. If, 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 <laughs> so I mean, that just shows about the frustration he's having about not playing. So that's mm-hmm. the thing. So if he's willing to accept his role, like Nacho has done, like Lucas Vasquez has done, you know. So yeah, if he's going to be a very good team player, why not? Now, Asensio is a really, really good player to have in uh, on the subs, man. Yeah. So yeah, that that if I would, uh, I guess the only player who leaves at the end of the summer is uh, Mariano, and depending on how the negotiations go with Ceballos and Asensio, of course. Do you think Nacho will be offered like a contract or uh, judging from Carlo, like it looks like the club is offering all of these players extensions? Actually, uh, based on what. 
No, Nacho has said, he's always said it's not about the money or anything. He just wants to feel like to be an important member of the team right now. And so far, honestly, I don't think too much has changed for him. I don't think he will see that he is that much important because the only reason why he's played is because injuries to other people, you know. So I don't really know how much uh, Nacho would be willing to stay more. And I really have no grudge against him if he decides to leave right now because he's been a really, really good servant for the club. So, yeah, I mean... Uh, whatever he decides, it's it's gonna be great. I mean, I'm gonna be sad, but uh, I can understand that he wants to play much more at this, especially at this point of his career, where it's literally maybe gonna be the last long-term contract he gets from yeah. any club, maybe you know. So this is just a time to you know weigh those options and see. But yeah, I mean, not just Mariano, so I think Hazard also might leave the club, or really? Hazard should leave the club as well. I think his contract On... is, is until 2024, and. This, yeah, yeah, this. I know, but I mean, the point is, the club's just gonna send him away on a free transfer, man. What, what, what See, else, you know? Who will buy him, even for a three? The question is about. I, I think it's about the wages. So the point is, if you're taking away the transfer fee, then they can pay the money in wages, you know. Uh so you, you're saying Real Madrid is gonna have to pay half of his wages, and maybe if he goes to somewhere like no, Bayern. No, I'm saying the point is that in, instead of paying something for Hazard, then you just pay that towards his salary. You understand? Mm. Instead of the club receiving anything, so the club will just be happy to write off his wages. But the point is, Hazard earns so much money as also, it's going to be difficult to find someone to take on his full wages as well. Because any team he goes into, most likely he becomes not most likely he is the highest paid player in that team. Yeah. Except if he goes to if he goes to what they call Paris. Other than Paris, I don't think there's any club that has any player that's high, any higher than Hazard right now. So that's also something quite uh, interesting, honestly. So I don't know how we deal with Hazard, but the hope is if we can go at least, you know, and is the wage bill at least so you know we can get maybe I don't know some supporting striker or uh, another right winger to the team. Yeah, did you know uh, Hazard was the highest? Is the highest played La Liga player right now? Uh, yeah, I think exactly. Lewandowski is right below him, and then comes Alaba. And did you know that Vinicius earns more than Benzema? Really? Yeah. Oh wow! I did not know this, man. This wow. was a sh- this, this is... was a shocker to me. Yeah. Wow, how is that possible? <laughs> Alaba earns more than Benzema as well. Wow. I mean, these guys, wow. they had like a really uh, big contract, right? Benzema signed, I think, a six year contract or something uh, last year. And then it was a two year extension. So, I don't know. I, I did I... not know this, man. But Vinicius recently signed a new contract as well. So this is, yeah. this is something. Let's not forget this. Yeah. So maybe because we have to consider that because the contract of uh, Vinicius was really, is really new rather. So because of that, I think uh, this is a reason why he, he ends this much. Because I think when he when the contract increases, the, when Benzema Rara changes his contract, I think uh, that's going to change as well. For sure. I think that's, that's, that's going to change. That's going to change, yeah. Because it's a it's a, it's a fair, yeah. When Benzema signs his contract, that's going to change. That's going to change, man. Wow, but I did not know this, man. Vini and more than this, guys. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, that's uh, most of Carlos' uh, quotes. And then he was, like, really pestered in the conference as well. Uh, so he got asked, hey, you gave all of the players, like, a free day. What did you end up doing with your holiday? And then he said, I just went biking with my wife. Why do I have to answer all of these questions? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man. Uh, the Spanish media is hard to deal with. And just props to him, man. He's he's the perfect person for this job. Always, always can expect a classy answer. 
Yeah, I mean, that's true, actually. Yeah, man, I mean, it is what it is. Like, this is what they've been paid to do, man, to just get questions and make something out of nothing. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, there's, like, uh, a bunch of Instagram posts by the players. They all posted all of their highlights for the El Clasico. Everyone's in a good mood. Um, so should we head right into the lineups where we can discuss maybe how some of the midfield is going to get uh, arrested? Yeah, sure. Why not, man? We can we can see that. We can Where see you... how the light up is. Where do you want to start with? So, yeah, yeah, we can we we can start from the defense. We can okay. start from the defense. So we know the back five. It's gonna be Courtois, and the four is gonna be I don't know. I think it's gonna be Militao and Alaba again. Yeah, I guess. I hope oh, it actually, is Militao and is... Alaba. Man. Even though like Rudiger is, is back, right? Yeah, he is back. He played a few minutes in the Clásico as well. Uh, but I think uh, it's going to be because I think uh, Carlo was saying something about continuity of Alabas, or if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. In he the press so. conference, right? Yeah. Yeah. So because he's, he, I think he said uh, Alaba had not had continuity this year. So I think Alaba will want to get that continuity, you know, especially going into the uh, last end of the season. So I think that continuity, that that connection, that partnership with Militao is going to be, should be reignited, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, but do you think in the la- games that Alaba has come on, uh, he has been a better partner for Militao than Rodiger? Definitely, 100%, no doubt. I totally. I, I think it's normal because Militao and, uh, and Alaba have played for more than a year together. You know, Rodiger has just come in and Rodiger is coming in from a back four, sorry, a back five, you know. Uh, so yeah. he's played with three centre-backs and two wing-backs. So it's, it's, it's not easy, you know, actually. It's not easy, honestly. So... Yeah, I think uh, well, 100%, I think uh, uh, Militao and Alaba have been a better partnership. Yeah, man. So, yeah, are we going with Militao and Alaba for defense? Uh, do you see Carvajal yeah. getting a rest? I hope so. I think Carvajal gets a rest, actually. Hmm. I think Lucas Vasquez comes in, but I don't see Kamavinga getting that much rest. I don't know. But I do see Lucas Vasquez. Actually, I do see Kamavinga getting a rest from being a fullback, but I think he starts in the midfield. Hmm. So actually, so, what I, I don't know, but I just I, I think it's going to be Nacho, Alaba, Militao, and Carvajal. No, but uh, do you think uh, maybe like playing in midfield with Kamavinga, he's going to get even more tired if he plays as a left back? I mean, the point is just take the man out if there's the chance, you know, just rest him if that's possible. That's Because the point is, uh, if there's any place for us to rotate, it's the midfield. That's mm-hmm. where we actually have the choices. You know, the Danny Ceballos, the Orient Chormanis, you know, these are players that are very capable and, you know, willing players as well. So, you know, we can, we can, we can, you know, swap in them, swap either of the, you know, the midfields out and uh, just put these guys in. So it's, it's more than cool. But I don't know how uh, eventually it will go. But I don't know. Do you think Lucas Vasquez starts in place of Carvajal? Because I'm actually in two minds. I'm thinking he might. I'm thinking he might not. I'm thinking he might. I mean, he's going to be faced against uh, Jeremy Pino, if I'm not wrong. I think yep. he, Luc- Lucas Vasquez is enough to, you know, uh, get the job done. Mm. Um, yeah, well, let's hope Carlos uh, gives Carvajal so he's uh, rest, so he's at the top of his game. But, uh, so what are we saying? Are we saying uh, Nacho is going to be there at le- left back? I'm not sure, man. But okay, who, who would you choose to rest? Kamavinga or Carvajal? Of course, Carvajal. Okay, then I think we have to go with Carval. Then I think Carval is going to be rested. Then Lucas Vasquez starts in his place. 
But I still think Nacho plays. Honestly, I think it's going to be a Nacho, uh, Alaba, Militao, and then let's see Lucas was still there. Well, Dennis is in the chat. He has a different perspective. He says, I think Carlo will play Alaba, LB, then Rudiger and Militao, then he will play Alaba and Militao for the Chelsea game. Ah, wow, that's interesting. Do Alaba as a left back? And Alaba against Sikwezik? Wow. I don't really fancy that. I don't actually buy that that much because for me, I'm looking forward to that, you know, partnership to return between Alaba and and, 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 and Militao. Because the point is, we've lacked continuity in that centre-back pair in this season, honestly. Yeah. So I really want to see that, you know, continue and so they can blossom back into what it was in the previous uh, in the previous uh, weeks and months. Yeah, man. Maybe in the second half, uh, when all things are good and when Villarreal are beaten, when we have scored three, four goals in the first half, then maybe... <laughs> <laughs> Then maybe we can have Alabad left back and you know break up the partnership, bring in Rodiger just to give Kamavinga a rest. How I wish. Okay, why not? Why not? Let's <laughs> let's hope for the best. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go to the midfielder. Who starts in the CDM position? I want Tramini to play honestly. Although I know his form has been really bad. Uh, I want uh, Tramini to play in the CDM position to get you know because the thing is that you know it's easy to get back into form when the team has a positive morale or positive mentality, you know. And right now, I don't think, since the World Cup, I don't think we've been at a higher morale than we are right now, honestly, considering the back-to-back, you know, victories. So I would really want Chouamain uh, uh, to start, honestly. I think it's going to be uh, it's gonna be a, a right game for him. And it's at home in front of, you know, the Real Madrid crowd. So I think uh, in the CDM position, Chouamain would be a good option, I think. Yeah, but I, I don't think, like, Chouamain has been... Having a really bad couple of games. Uh, he has been, I wouldn't say solid, but he has been a bit below solid. Uh, he has not put many things wrong. Uh, he has defended well. So, yeah, I, I feel like definitely we should give either Cruz or Mortridge or both of them ideally a bit of rest. So, yeah, uh, it's how many at CDM. Who takes the right part of midfield? Good question. Normally, Modric plays on the right, right? Yeah. But I think maybe Fede, Fede... Actually, Fede has played on the right as well. So, yeah, I think Fede would be good. Yeah. Fede, do you think he should be rested? Uh, because he's going to be really crucial for the Chelsea game. He's going to be watching Carvajal's back. I mean, if there's any one player that I really don't care about resting him or not resting him, it's Fede Valverde, to be honest. <laughs> Fair enough, man. The man has three lungs. Because... Exactly. I think, man, if even if his two foots are broken, he will just turn around and start working on his hands, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, the love I have for Fede already, like, I, I don't remember a player I actually feel so passionate about in a very long time, honestly. Like, I don't know why, but I just feel so, so, you know, strongly about Fede already, honestly. I, he's, he's such a wonderful player, honestly. Mm. Yeah, Dennis says uh, Chaumini, Valverde, and Cruz is his like, pick, uh, pick formation for uh, Villarreal. But Chaumini, Bonas... Valverde, and Cruz. Yeah, that's a smooth, smooth midfield. Yeah, but uh, I wanted to and like ask about this. Like, we're, we're talking a lot about these rotations, but did, do you think uh, the El Clasico midfield was our strongest midfield yet? The El Clasico midfield was fairly. Modric and Cross. Yeah. And keep in mind, like, uh, 
Kamavinga also supports them, right? He cuts in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, it's a a really difficult uh, question, Jacob, actually, really. The reason why I say so is because, as you just pointed out, you know, like, uh, Kamavinga actually supports, because really you can see Kamavinga drifting into the central areas on the pitch as well, you know, honestly. And the reason why I'm so reluctant to say so, to say it is, is because call a spade a spade, Barcelona were missing key components of the midfield. Yeah, even Gavi wasn't playing in the midfield, like, basically. he was. Uh... Forget about Gavi. Forget about Gavi, honestly. <laughs> For me, the midfield of Barca, it's Pedri and Frankie Dion. And yeah. I think you would agree with me that in the last two class course prior to this one, Frankie bossed the midfield. He played like we were playing in his hollow. Like, this yeah. was his field and we just came to watch him. You understand? He was so outrageously good, honestly, Frankie De Jong. So that's why, you know, I'm just kind of a bit skeptical because the point is, when you say midfield of, with all due respect to Frank Kessie and Sergio Roberto and Sergio B, it's... That's a, no, no, it's, that, that is no respect, man. Like, that is a laughable midfield compared to us. Exactly, you understand? So I actually feel like, you know, Modric Kut and Fedish would for sure out-muscle that. But, 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 but... I don't know, but I kind of feel like, you know, a midfield four, not a midfield three. Mm. A midfield four of Kama, Cross, Modric, and Fede is our best midfield option. I, at least for now, this is what I can say. I don't know, maybe I might be wrong or not, but I think this is our best midfield option. Yeah, especially, you know, take factor in Rodrigo as well, playing as a number 10. We can absolutely play out of pressure with any team with this four-man midfield. Exactly, exactly, exactly. The thing about, you know, the good thing about this four-man midfield is that it has the experience, it has the technicality, it has the, what's it called as well, the aggression as well. And then, more importantly, we have the lungs and the legs. Sure. You understand? So, that's, it's just muscles and the brains, you know, everything combined together. So, I really, I want to say maybe that might be, honestly. Mm. But yeah, Dennis still thinks that uh, strongest midfield three is Chamini, Kamavinka, and Mortic. I Do think Chamini is actually is, is out of form. I think Chamini is out of form, so I wouldn't put Chamini in there, honestly. But I still I think our midfield best midfield will always and always include Fede Valverde. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think we have a midfield that is better than when Fede is there. Because the point is, even when we see it's a four-three-three and Fede is playing as a winger. It, Fede is not actually playing as a winger. He's just playing as an auxiliary, you know, midfielder, like who, who is uh, tasked with attacking as well on the right. But honestly, I think whatever our best midfield combination is, it includes Fede Valverde, honestly. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, uh, we have put down Fede and Chomini to start. Who else? Uh, do you think uh, Ceballos has a shout here? Because he hasn't so had a sniff, thing. man. He hasn't had a sniff of minutes. That's the thing, man. I don't think they're just going to, you know, break up the whole team. And it doesn't make sense to break up the whole team as well, Jacob. So I think we shouldn't, you know, push it too much. <laughs> if Traumani... Yeah, I, I, I personally think this. If Traumani is starting DM position, I think... And if Fede is playing, one of Tony or Cross is, one of Tony or Luca is going to play. You understand? Mm. So this is what I think. So I think he's not going to break it that much except if we're saying okay let cross be the dm which i think is not the best idea in my opinion then cross is the dm and and then uh danny sabayas who play as a left midfielder as well 
Mm. That is also an option. Like, uh, do you see actually like that Chomini won't start because feel like he needs this match, man. He needs this match to get back into form. Especially, I, I totally. That's 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 why I told you at first. Like, I really want uh, Chomini to start. I feel like he needs this match because he's he's been a bit of a you know, uh, he's lost his way a bit. You know, as you said, honestly, he hasn't put in a bad performance per se, but he hasn't put in a good one as well. Yeah. You understand? So, I mean, the point is, if Kamavinga was just putting in okay performances or Savaras was putting in okay performances, we wouldn't be here asking for them to play. You understand? Yes. So, this is the thing. Like, it's we're not looking for okay performances here. You understand? So, uh, yeah, let's see, man. But because, you know, the thing is that from now, between these two legs of Chelsea, we have games, you know, in between. So I think even if Ceballos and Chouameni don't play, ha, see, exactly, we have Cadiz, exactly, see, with all due respect to Cadiz, you know, so even if Chouameni and Ceballos don't play today, uh, sorry, this game this weekend, they're going to play the next one because we still have to rest players to go, to, we're going to travel to London the next time around, you understand? So yeah. it's just, you know, if whoever plays now gets rested the next time or something like this, so yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, man, for sure. Uh, I feel, yeah, I agree. Totally agree with you. I don't think Carlo is like experimenting too much. Maybe, maybe. Uh, well, he takes on Valverde early in the second half and brings on Ceballos. Hopefully, I, I that's hope possible. That that's possible. That's yeah, like, possible. Actually, we were discussing with uh, Sunit. Actually, like we were thinking maybe uh, Ceballos isn't getting an extension, and that's why he is being pushed out of the team slowly. Honestly, that could be as well. Uh, I wouldn't see past the the team doing that as well, but I think that would be uh, unfair because he has, you know, uh, he has been quite important since the end of last season towards the beginning of this season as well. But all of a sudden, he's just nowhere anymore. So I don't know what's up with that. But yeah, it could be that he's been pushed out of the team gradually as well. That could be. Yeah, man. But like, the point is, who are you going to sign to replace him? Jude Bellingham. But no, let's see. I don't I... know because the point is. If you don't sign Bellingham, the other option is to promote Arribas. And honestly, I will take Ceballos ahead of Arribas right now. Yeah. And we have to remember, like, uh, that Copa del Rey, where we played well against Villarreal, it was all yeah, down exactly. to Ceballos. Man. All exactly. Ceballos. The introduction of Ceballos changed everything. Yeah. That's true. That's true, actually. Yeah. All right. Uh, have you decided on midfield? And it's either going to be... Uh... Sabayos, with the sake, Sabayos is not going to start, but it's going to be the cruiser Montrix yeah. along with Valverde and Chamini. Chamini, yep. Man, for the attack, do you really want to see uh, Rodrigo getting dropped for this game? I think Asensio should start. Hmm. I know Ben Zambini are going to play. There's no discussion even about this, in my opinion. I think those two are going to start. So I think Asensio should start uh, to keep. Uh, and Rodrigo comes up in the second half, and when we play Chelsea, we do the reverse. Rodrigo starts, and Asensio comes in the second half. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. I feel like Asensio is in a good run of form, and like even he got like, exactly. at the end of a really good chance in the club, he just couldn't convert. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, Asensio of 2016-17 actually would have scored that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if Barcelona were a smaller team, he would be scoring those bangers in us. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the thing. That's what I'm saying to you. Asensio of 16-17 only scored against big teams, man. Yeah. He scored against, you know, 
Juve, Sevilla, Barcelona. He only scored against big teams, man. Oh, those Sevilla goals, man. Wow. Still remember. Exactly. Exactly, man. Exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah, so let's let's hopefully like uh, uh, he can also come in good and get uh, you know a good goodbye before he leaves. Although I feel like eventually he's just gonna stay. Yeah. Then it is what it is. I mean, I'm fine as long as he's uh, available, you know, to 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 be that you know sub that we need. But other yeah. than that, I don't think you know like uh, I would keep uh, Marco Asensio as a starter in the team. Honestly, I'm not too comfortable with that. Not too comfortable. I don't think anyone is comfortable except Asensio. <laughs> uh, anyways anyways uh yeah before we like uh head into the predictions let's just read a few comments from dennis so dennis says uh, i don't want to see cruz as a deep playmaker this is not 2017 when sometimes cruz would do that no what do you think for sure dennis yeah man i mean i've said this constantly i don't know who how did this keep deciding to play cruz as a lone dm if you're gonna play a double pivot then cruz is your guy you understand? Yeah. But when you're playing a single deep pivot, I don't know how, you know, they keep... Because the thing is that when you watch the game, you know, even when Casemiro was there, Cruz always, you know, you would see Cruz dropping deeper than even Casemiro. But this is what he does, you understand? But that doesn't make him the pivot of the team. Bro, Farouk, that was a master club from Zidane. So, basically, Casemiro was the, was the number 10 in our team when he was we were attacking. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, I mean, uh, the good old days with Casemiro. Honestly, like, really, it's going to be so difficult to replace a player like Casemiro, honestly. He's so, such an intelligent player, honestly. Like, I mean, people will always, you know, associate him with the tackles and the ball recovery and all that. But people will not, you know, uh, will not remember, you know, that understanding of space and exploitation of space that he had. Because that's a really, really, I think it's a really, really good thing. And also, you know, just now, you know, the, the English players are thinking like that, they have discovered a player who has won five championships. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like he, even his his passing is so so on point, man. Honestly, he's he's really really good. Uh, it's yeah, yeah. The audacity. They're all talking like they discovered a hidden gem when they talk about Casemiro. Exactly. I mean, the man has five championships. What are you discovering? Where? How? When? <laughs> okay, and uh, Dennis also crazy, says. Farouk and Jacob, I think some people in our fan base have a hatred for Sabayos for no reason. Yeah, I think Dennis, I think once what happens is, you know, as uh, as Gabe, uh, Jacob pointed out earlier, is that people are expecting Sabayos to leave so you can replace him with the almighty Jude Bellingham. Yeah. Because I think there is a general acceptance here that if Kroos and Modri stays and Sabayos stays, you don't buy Jude Bellingham. That's for sure. I think this is this this is this is one thing that people are coming to accept. So they just feel like okay, it's either this or that. You understand? So because of that, they create a sense. I understand that Jude Benham is a once in a lifetime general, a one once in a lifetime player, but so is Fede Valverde. Yeah. So is Eduardo Camavinga. You understand? Okay, maybe I wouldn't use the word once in a lifetime for uh what's he called? For Danny Sabayos, or maybe not even for Orion Chouameni, but the point is Camavinga and Fede have shown that they can do things. You understand? So uh, that's 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 the thing, honestly. But I don't know, man. Honestly, that's the five. You know, as they say, one man's food is another man's poison. You know, what you like might be what someone hates. So everyone is has has their own choice eventually. But Dennis, man, I I I I'm a fan of Danny Ceballos. I think, uh, as I said with Asensio as well, if he can understand that, you know, he is gonna play an important role, but the rotation role, 
I think uh, it's fine. It's it's more than great. Yeah, but Dennis is all about the Bellingham trade. He says, I think Bellingham would fit us. Of course, he fits us, man. It's just that we don't really need him. We have bigger priorities to fill. I've never said Bellingham wouldn't fit us, man. Bellingham would fit us like a glove. Yeah. You know, the way the glove fits you, it's going to fit. But the point is, uh, how can I say it like, you have a, how, I don't know. It's just like, you know, putting a Porsche engine in a Volkswagen or a Fiat, for example. <laughs> yeah. Then what's the point? With one tire shot down in the right back position. <laughs> exactly. So what, exactly. You're putting a Porsche engine in a Fiat and your left back or rather your like actually your both end left back and you have two rear tires are missing so you're yeah. just moving on the rims <laughs> what are you doing then in well, that let's... case i'll better have a perfectly functioning honda or a toyota which is perfectly functioning because we know the efficiency of the of the honda and the toyota as well yeah i would rather have them so this this is at least my own case yeah, man. And uh, one thing that uh, needs to be asked is, do we need a backup striker? Uh, because we have seen to survive so far in the last couple of seasons without a backup striker. And even when we do sign these mediocre ones who would accept a squad role position, they haven't really worked out. I'm, of course, talking about uh, Luka Jovic. But uh, Dennis also says, I want a striker in the summer. I want uh, Goncalo Ramos. What? Then it's whatever you're smoking, I want it, man. Do you know how much Benfica sold Darwin Nunez for? Well, was and it I don't know if Dennis knows this. Yeah, it was close to 100. I don't know if Dennis knows this, but when the president of Benfica was selling Darwin Nunez, he said to the people that, wait till next summer, I have a player who is even better than this. Mm-hmm. And he was referring to Gonzalo Ramos. And let's not forget this. Gonzalo Ramos scored at the World Cup on his first start a hat trick where he replaced Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. So I'm sorry, but Dennis, we ain't buying that. We cannot buy that. <laughs> Especially as a backup. We cannot buy that. Not as a backup, for sure, not as a backup. Yeah. I mean, there are the players I will look towards, honestly, because I think uh a player like Turam, for example, I will look towards that. Like I think Turam is actually coming to the end of his contract or one year left on his contract. I'm not sure. You know, you and, can look towards... Uh, yeah, and he's a bona like fide uh, Madrid fan. And also, I mean, he's played with Karim Benzema and the national team as well. So I'm sure he's yeah. going to, you know, be able to to slot in, especially, you know, uh, considering also we have Turamani and Kamavinga there as well. So these are some of the players, you know, you might want to check. And I don't know, man, maybe if Chupomotin leaves Bayern Munich in the summer as well, that might be a play you want to check Wait. for the backup position on it. He's leaving Bayern? Why? No, no, I think his contract ends in the summer, but I don't know if they're going to renew it or not. Oh, okay. Yeah, he is a player to watch out. I would love to have him as a backup. Because the point is like, okay, Chupomotin is not the best person out there. But the point is, we are not looking for the next big team. We are looking for someone who is going to sub in for Benzema or someone who is going to show something different, you know? So mm. this is just the thing. We're not. I mean, he's quite old, but I'm just looking for a short-term solution eventually. I'm not looking for a long-term solution. So, yeah. yeah. Speaking of short-term solutions, Dennis asks, uh, so what a striker do you want, uh, Farouk? I would take Thuram. He is good. I don't want him Kolo Muani. I don't rate him. You know, have you seen Kolo Muani Kolo is expensive. Yeah. Kolo Muani is expensive. We cannot, we cannot afford Kolo Muani as a sub, but I think Thuram will be a good one, you know, 
He's also young. I think Trump is 25 or something like this. And honestly, I wouldn't mind even Gio Simeone, honestly, from Napoli. Mm. Honestly, I wouldn't like a player like... Because the point is, one thing I want also to understand here is that, Dennis, we're not talking about a bona fide, you know, number nine, a world-class number nine, no. We're just talking about someone who can do something. The way Jekyll has been... I don't know if you've seen... Uh, I haven't seen a lot of Inter this year. But at the beginning of the season when Lukaku was out injured, like, Jekyll did a really good job for Inter Milan. You understand? So the point is, Jekyll is old right now. You know, maybe he's a bit past it, but he can do a job. So similarly, like, as I said, like, maybe Gio Simeone might be someone, you know. In the past, I'd actually mentioned, uh, what's he called? Andrea Bellotti, but... Uh, Andrea Bellotti right now is totally out of it, so I wouldn't mention his name. But one player I want to mention is maybe Gianluca Scamaca. I think uh, Scamaca might be a good option as well. Really, I don't know uh, if you guys have seen him, but Scamaca is he's a beast. I think he's seven foot or something like this. What? Like a seven Scamaca foot striker? Wow. I think Scamaca is a really, really... I'm not sure exactly, but uh, maybe we can just quickly check that. But I think Scamaca is a beast, honestly. Gianluca Scamaca is quite... Uh, Our own is quite interesting, of talent. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, we do have yes, a commenter. So. so we have Arpit in the chat. Hey, Arpit. Uh, he says, when I said we were getting humiliated, metal fans thought I was reverse jinxing. I was damn serious and it happened. So yeah, we do have Barcelona fans in the chat. <laughs> but yeah, man, like, uh, anyways, uh, even talking about these backup strikers, Benzema will eventually have to leave, right? And do you think uh, Haaland comes this? Dennis's question. The question is when? When? 2030? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, do you because think I, that uh, uh, strikers of uh, Haaland's profile, they stay healthy and they can still be at the top of their game even at that age? Uh, I think we've seen with Zlatan and if we've seen anything based on what we're hearing about Haaland as well, he takes care of his body so much as well. Yeah. So I think uh, he can, he, because the thing is like, uh, if we let someone forget doing his Dortmund did, he was so, so injury prone. Even yes. now that uh, Man City, it's lesser, but we can still see that he still misses the odd games here and there, you know, due to injury. Uh, so, yeah. But I think Haaland might just, you know, <laughs> Haaland might be the guy, honestly. Haaland might be the guy. But we are forgetting about one beast. So, Arpit asked, if Madrid brings a striker, what about Endrick? How long will Alvaro Rodriguez be just a backup? Uh, this The story here is that until Alvaro Rodriguez actually burst onto the scene, but until yeah. then, until he actually burst onto the scene and take, you know, grab everything with his two hands, we cannot say anything. But until then, like right now, he's just still, you know, uh, a potential. And I think Hendrik, similar to what happened with Vinicius, like, I mean, I don't, at least I personally don't expect him to come today and start hitting the ground rolling tomorrow. He's just going to come at the age of 18. So now we need someone there that, you know, eventually can, uh, Hendrik can work off, off of what this work with. So, yeah, that's, that's more. And let's not forget, like, this is a club that we once had Raul and Nisteroy together. We once had Raul and Ronaldo together. We had Raul, Nisteroy and Klasian Hontler together. Bro, we had Gonzalo Higuain. Benzema yeah. and Raul together. So it's, it's, it's you know, it's, I mean, we had that, you know, even in the 100-point winning season with Moreno, we had Benzema, we had Gwen. So 
it's 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 not necessarily it doesn't have to be one or the other you understand so with Hendrik just coming in gradually if uh, there's actually a play for Haaland honestly I would be so so keen on that if there is a play for Haaland but the question is is there yeah is there so this is the question you know yeah, because Dennis until says, then honestly I think yeah. Yeah. yeah Dennis says it's going to be like two to four years and then he's going to be a Madrid star Uh, Haaland coming to us in two to four years? Yeah. Do you see it happening? Actually, I, I, I genuinely feel like if City wins the Champions League, Haaland is going to come join us. Mm. I don't know when City will win the Champions League, but I know it's a matter of time. They're eventually going to win it. They're going to find the, they're going to crack the code one, one way or another. So I think if they can win this year or next year, they're going to, yeah, Haaland might leave, but maybe not this year, but mm. uh, maybe next year. If they win, you might you, join. Wait, do you predict that uh, City are going to win like way faster than PSG? Definitely, one hundred percent. Yeah, right. Paris is. <laughs> I mean, every day I just scroll on. You know, I go into Reddit and refresh my page because, like, for me, Reddit is my source of news. As I don't do the other uh, social media, the mm. first thing you see it's someone reporting that. Some people are not happy with Kylian Mbappe. The next thing, Kylian Mbappe is not happy with some people. The next thing, <laughs> this person is not happy. I mean, it's like a keeping up with the Kardashians kind of thing, man. I don't know. Yeah. So, it is what it is in Paris, man, honestly. Yeah. So, yeah, let's just take uh, one more comment before we like end the part. So, Dennis says, can't wait yeah, for Hendrik to come back next year. He is the next one. People are calling him a newer version of Romario. High, high praise, man. Okay. Okay. I deserve any comments. I have no comments to that. <laughs> Dennis also says hundred percent that's going to happen. But yeah, let's see. Uh, all of his highlights are very, very positive, guys. Like, I don't think I've been more hyped for a player to come in than Hendrik, to be honest. Of course, uh, we have yeah. Ashik as well in the comments. Just now he says, so, "What up, gents?" Ashik, I don't know what to say, man. Like, we've been talking about Madrid. We've been talking about Villarreal, the El Clasico. Transfer rumors for so long. And do, yeah, uh, do uh, check out the pod when you get time, but we are close to ending it. And yeah, let's go for the predictions, Farouk. So, yeah, okay. Ashik's... Before I, before I, okay, yeah, but just before you like give your prediction, uh, so Ashik says, I can't predict tomorrow's game. Nice left for Real Madrid is on their own now. So, that bit about uh, Ashik's niece is that. Uh, since he gave Zidane's jersey to his niece, uh, that is why apparently we had these good performances against Barca and whatnot. <laughs> so yeah, we are left with the predictions alone, so we can't rely on that piece of luck to save us. Indeed, man, indeed. Anyways, yeah. man, uh, my prediction for tomorrow's game, I predict a victory for Real Madrid, but I think it's going to be much closer than our last two games, so I'm going to go yeah. with a 2-1 victory. You always predict for 2-1 or a 3-1, man. Come on, man. When are we going to get a clean sheet? I told you, man, even at the beginning of the pod, man, I'm not too optimistic about our clean sheet abilities yet. But, hmm. yeah, it is what it is for now. Yeah, man, especially if uh, Kamavinga or someone gets a rest. I don't see us having a clean sheet as well. Uh, I'm going to go for a comfortable uh, 3-1, though, because we just can't seem to be stop scoring, man. Like, let's just go get it. Let's go score against Chelsea as well. Let's do that. Let's do just that. Score and score. Let's let's not score all our goals. Let's keep a lot of goals for Chelsea, so that's important. Mm. And Dennis also predicts a 2-0 victory. So, yeah, he predicts a clean sheet, man, unlike us. 
confident confident man yeah i mean i don't know man dennis seems so confident man you know just he's throwing out names of players and you know <laughs> uh, predicting clean sheets i mean yeah i wish i wish i had this level of confidence man or whatever he is smoking because it is a saturday yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true indeed i mean whatever he he's smoking i you know we can have a bit of that as well to see how it's uh, how how to feel Yeah. and Ashik says we're going to win tomorrow this is the business end of the season and real madrid means business indeed indeed we do mean business in leadership in business all right there you have it folks we have our predictions and uh, if you're still here do consider giving the video a like it's going to help with the algorithm so it reaches the maximum amount of madridistas go check out our instagram uh, and our other socials as well the links are all down in the description Uh, we're also partnered with Real Madrid Committee, who put out excellent uh, content on their Instagram. Do check them out as well. And yeah, as always, Farooq, Hala Madrid. Hala Madrid. <laughs>